Welcome to the Catholic Center. Welcome to the Catholic Center. Welcome to the Catholic Center. Come from the same parish. That's right. You and I. Saint Michael the Archangel. Defend us in battle. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Woodstock. Yeah. How's uh, how's your experience been at UGA? It's been okay. It's been good. When yeah. When did you get here? You got here last year. Yeah. Summer of 2021. Fall 2021. Yep. Yeah. So I was at Kennesaw my first year. UGA was actually my dream school, but I didn't get in because I wasn't the best student in high school. Sure. <laughs> I didn't really start thinking about college until... I would have never gotten into UGA. <laughs> yeah. It definitely has gotten harder, so that has something to do with it. But uh, So I spent a year at Kennesaw State University, which was also where you went yes. to school. Right? You're just following me around. I know, for real. <laughs> <laughs> it is true that most people from Woodstock, though, do end up at Kennesaw State. It's, it's a growing school, but then I... Yeah, spent a year there, and then transferred over here to UGA, hmm. and it's been much better. <laughs> did you did you decide to become a Jesus follower in high school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you went through life team in the high school. Was that that had an impact on you? Yep. Huge impact. Yeah. My. Uh, Do you know what 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 about it impacted you? I think. The main thing uh, about Life Teen that impacted me was the example that I saw in the older people who were a part of Life Teen. Um, so the core members. Uh, my sister was around the age of most of my core members, and her and her friends were um, kind of what I saw in the example of like people who went to Life Teen. And people who uh, were involved in that in that program, so yeah, really, really just hanging out, getting to hang out with them every Sunday, and um, yeah, seeing the way that they lived their lives, and going on retreats and meeting the the life team missionaries um, at Hidden Lake and Cove Crest. That was probably the biggest getting thing. exposure to exactly yeah. other people. Yeah, the missionaries. You're saying. Yep. Yeah, that was definitely the biggest thing. Obviously, there was content, and there was like, and that was where I was formed. And obviously, I, there were skits, right? In ice there were breakers. skits and icebreakers. I really, <laughs> I really liked the icebreakers. I, I did love the icebreakers. I was, I was, I was all about this. All about and those icebreakers. Yep, that was the first one to be like, I'll do the, I'll do the thing. I'll, I'll, you know, make a fool of myself in front yeah. of everybody. <laughs> that was definitely my experience with life team, mm. but. Um, so yeah, there was definitely, that was where I was formed, but you know, really it was what I saw. I was like, I spent time with these people and I was like, this is just what I want. You know, like this just seems much better than what I'm seeing <laughs> in my school environment. And in my, when I'm hanging out with my friends, you know, I just feel there's something different about it. You know, just fe something feels different when I'm around these people and I like it. Hmm. So, so, so what'd you do? You gravitated towards them. Yeah. Yeah, I started hanging out. I wanted to hang out with them more. Um, I 
like talk to them. I was probably annoying to them, honestly, because <laughs> I would like talk to them all the time. And I'd be like, hey, like, what's this? Like, what does this mean? Like, how do I do this? Like, just asking questions, want, mm. like wanting to grow, um, you know, any, any chance I got. And so, yeah, I really just used them as, you know, yeah, I used them as, as role models for me. I was like, how, how do I do this? How do I, you, you've been through this, you know, you've gone through high school. What do I do? <laughs> Basically. Like mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. I was super blessed. I don't have, yeah, I have three older sisters. I don't have an older brother though, but I was, but I can see like, I'm super blessed with so many older uh, men in my life who are like older brothers to me. Hmm. And so that, you know, gap I have of not having like a older guy in my life who has been through, you know, just stuff that I'm going through or that I will go through where there was that gap, you know, the Lord very clearly filled that with incredible men who were so gracious in helping me and guiding me. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Where did they point you to? Did they point you to uh, specific things or just their accompaniment or their uh, support, their mentoring, different situation for every question you had or whatever? Yeah, probably probably a little bit of both. Um, Definitely with specific things definitely felt comfortable to like go up to them and be like, Hey, I'm dealing with this specifically. Um, and, but I guess what that did was just teach me generally how to live in relationship with other people. Mm. Um, and how to, because I was going to them and because I was just like really just doing life with them. Um, they, it taught me how to live in community and how to live in like, brother in true brotherhood what true brotherhood looks like are you know iron sharpening iron and and um yeah hmm. i don't know if that answers your question yeah no that's good that's good stuff um do you see yourself doing that to other people yeah because <laughs> you were you this was something that changed your life impacted your life and those people probably i mean they probably enjoyed it found it meaningful mm-hmm. and uh, showed up for it, et cetera. For you, whenever you came up, you said you're probably even annoying. It's like, hey, I'm just asking <laughs> questions. Well, now you're in, in a sense, You, I mean, you probably keep that kind of dynamic where you probably look to other people for mentorship. Uh, but now you're, I would also ask the question, have you been doing that to others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's cool because um, yeah, I was able to become a core member, uh, a junior core member my, when I was that year that I was at Kennesaw. And so there I found a lot of opportunities of like, oh yeah, like this is, it's, it's cool to see that there are guys and I can just see a lot of myself, a lot of my high school self in them. And so that was, a, yeah, that was a good opportunity, um, to be able to, and I did, there were definitely times when I was like, having a conversation with guys in the life teen program who were going through high school and being like, this reads, you know, just like a conversation that I would have had Mm. when I was in high school. Um, and even with my little brother, he is kind of just starting to, um, get into his faith a little bit more and him and his friends. Thank you. (laughs) And, uh, so, so it's cool because he's starting to ask these questions that I would ask 
and um, him and his friends, he's developed kind of like a friend group like I had. And uh, yeah, so I definitely see myself kind of stepping into those shoes a little bit. Um, but I want to, I want to do it more. Mm. I found that coming, you know, since coming here to Athens, there's not that much opportunity, which is okay. It might just be that that's a place that I'm at in my life where I, you know, I am not in a position of, you know, mentor. Um, but I definitely see, see there being room for that. Mm. So I don't know. We'll see. It's a cool role. I, I remember there was a dude uh, whose name was Hank in my life. Uh, he wasn't Catholic. He was Christian. I was part of this interdenominational Bible study Cool. Uh, in my sophomore and junior year at Kennesaw. And mm-hmm. so his, this dude's name was Hank. I don't know how, how old this dude was. He, had to, he was out of college. He was in the working world. But I remember every week or every two weeks I get coffee with him. And he was just a huge support. Uh, and I guess I looked to him, towards him, for in like admiration or uh, just a guy who got it mainly together. Right. And uh, I appreciate that about him. And he's someone of the word. He's someone who prays. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's interesting because the, I, I guess my own life, my own spiritual journey has been almost like the accumulation of those people yeah (laughs) yeah mentors and those figures obviously we're formed by family and friends and so forth but there's also like uh, I guess in my own life I've had specific people who I go to and I learn from Mm -hmm. Uh, I go and I ask them questions or I observe them or I process with them Mm -hmm. I wrestle with things yeah and um and those people have, they've played like a, a seemingly like a small role in time, but the investment is priceless in a sense. The investment just Absolutely. lasts and it gets Absolutely. you, gets you through seasons. It gets you through, um, you know, difficult times or confusing times or whatever. Uh, but to have those folks, it's kind of, it's been pretty wild in my own life because a lot of those people have been priests cause I'm in the priest world. Right. And so those priests are like people who are. Uh, I don't know, like take Father Fred, for example, 40 years older than me. Right, so I'm like, yeah. hey, like I got this situation, uh, blah, 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 and this person has so much wisdom and experience. And you would think that after 40 years, they couldn't relate. But actually, they uh, very much so have just a wealth of understanding and a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Which has been pretty wild and yeah, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I love... I love that because as I've been, I guess that's something that's been recently uh, kind of revamped in my life is like this need and this desire for mentorship and for guidance. Um, Coming to UGA, I was like, I just found myself with all these new experiences. And you probably relate with like, you know, I mean, you're a relatively new priest Mm -hmm. in comparison to, you know. I'm finishing my fourth year. Fourth year. Yep. So there's probably feels still like 80, but <laughs> four years. Feels like 80. Every time Father Fred says, "Yeah, Father Brian, he's four years," I'm like, "I'm going on five, right? Going on five. <laughs> going on five years. Don't get it twisted. Rounding up. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm basically a ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, but I'm sure there's like still things that you're experiencing that's like brand new, mm-hmm. and that'll probably be true for Every a long day time. Is brand new right, all the time. 
Right. And that's kind of what, what I experienced coming to UGA was like, this is just new. Mm. And I love that. I love, I love newness. Um, you know, the Bible, all over the Bible, there's stuff about newness of like, this is new. This is new. The Lord, you know, makes all things new. Mm. Um, and I love newness, but I found myself like in this newness. I was like, I need help. I was like, I don't know how to do something. I don't know how to do handle this as well as I probably thought I did. You know, like coming into it, I was like, oh yeah, it's just living on my own. I can, I, this is what I've been wanting for so long. But I was like, I, I need help. You know, I need people. And I, and I started to see people in my life who had been through what I saw myself going through. And I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, this person went through this. I can, what, what if I just asked them if they could help me? And, 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 and really too, I think, and this is something that I've actually talked about with my mentors, like it doesn't just benefit me when I do that. It also benefits him because this relationship is, it's a mutual relationship and it's, uh, and it goes both ways. You know, it's not like, it's not like I'm the one being fed and he's the one giving and he's being depleted. You know, it's like, as he is walking me through these things, he is also gaining from the, from talking about my experiences, but then also sharing about his experiences. And it really is just a way to like soak as much out of life as you can, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of meta, but like as we are both just talking about life together and working through these things of life together, we're both gaining from it because, you know, there's so much in life that we can, yeah, life is just full of opportunities for mm-hmm. encounter and for conversion. And so, yeah, that's just been something that's been fresh on my, on my mind recently. So whenever I joined the seminary, uh, we're put with what we call a formation director and a spiritual director. For a spiritual director, it's pretty easy to kind of talk about prayer and spiritual life and integration of all of those things. Yeah. Uh, and But the formation advisor was somebody who you went to for like, I don't know, some more external things, less interpersonal stuff and more so like time management or uh, classes or uh, relationships, perhaps, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and so what I found, so in the beginning of, uh, of this, what was eventually a seven-year process, I'm having to meet with people, mm-hmm. I'm having to speak with people, I'm having to, in a sense, report to people, not necessarily like to show how good I'm doing, but like those people are, are positioned to help. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as the semester goes on, as the year goes on, as the years go on, I'm constantly going to people asking for help and and processing, thinking about relationships, thinking about my prayer, thinking about service, thinking about time management, uh, my humanity, all of these, what I'm interested in, what's hard, challenging, all this stuff. Well, then now it's kind of like created a monster uh, <laughs> where I'm always doing that. Yeah. Uh, where I yeah. don't necessarily have those positions, people positioned in my life, but I also seek it out. I'm like, hey, could I meet with you and talk, talk to you about this? Yeah. Hey, can I actually get your advice on this? And so I'm constantly like reflecting and, and analyzing and observing and trying to challenge myself to grow and so yeah. forth. Um, and it's been pretty cool because it's, 
been something uh, that has fostered a lot of growth and because uh, I need it, right? Like you yeah, said, it was yeah. like, oh, I'm in a new situation. I'm in a new season. I'm in a new year. I need help yeah. or I need people uh, to help me. Maybe are there people out there? And it's not people out there to help me. It's not so much like people telling me what to do. Right. It's they give me a different perspective. Perspective, yeah, that's uh, They give me different words to use. Yeah. Um, they say, hey, you shouldn't do this because of that. It's like, oh, I haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so I found that, the, in a sense, mentorship, something that I seek out. But I don't know if everyone necessarily has it unless you've experienced it yourself. Like you're saying, well, in high school, you, you mm-hmm. saw these people that you looked up to and you, you went to them. Uh, I'm sure there's people who have never perhaps had that uh, influence or the people who have been a positive influence yeah. in, uh, in their life. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that comes to mind is just like we are made for community. Mm. Like we're made, we are social creatures and we're made to live in community with one another. And I think that does, yeah, I guess that's just what we're talking about. Like this does so much. And I think that's what we desire. Like what you're saying about like, you know, I do this all the time. Like where I'm going to someone, I'm like, hey, like, can we talk about this thing? And then someone else, hey, can we talk about this thing? I think we need to do that more because it's like people like when I think about myself, I'm like, I would love if someone asked me questions about this. Like I would love it if someone, you know, and then there might, cause there might be wisdom that I have that I just don't even know is useful to other people. Like there might be wisdom that I have that might, there might be wisdom that I have that could help somebody that I don't see unless they would ask, you know? And in the same way, like I know that there is wisdom that other people have that they probably don't see in themselves that I could ask for. And, and another, yeah. So I think that, I think that that's just what we desire is like to kind of fill the gaps in each other's lives. Mm. Cause we've all, you know, gone through different things and, and, and we've all experienced, have, have had different life experience and, and, and seen things from different perspectives cause we're all so different. Our personalities are just geared to, towards seeing things from different angles. And so that's why it's good to work together. But another, also what I was thinking about is like, and this is something that I've seen in my own life is it just, it eliminates the, it eliminates loneliness or the idea that we are alone. You know, when we, when we start to like engage in real meaningful conversations with people about like actual things that are happening in our lives, it shows us that, Oh, like I'm not the only one who's experienced this or like, I'm not the only one who's gone through this. And I'm not alone on this journey. Like there's, cause I think for me, so, so often when I'm struggling with something or when I am kind of lost, feeling lost, or like there's an issue in my life that I can't really see in it, see around, like it's overshadowing my life. My number one re- like response, like my immediate response is like, I'm the only one experiencing this. Like I'm alone in this. Like, uh, I look around me and everyone else seems to be thriving. <laughs> and I'm like over here, can't figure out this, you know, problem. But when we, when we engage in conversation, when we engage in community with other people, what that's done for me is it's been like, wow, I, there's so much that I didn't see. One time I was talking to my friend and he said, uh, he was like, and, this just moved me so much when he said this, he was like, 
I'm convinced when we get to heaven, we're just going to look back at our lives and be like, holy crap, I was oblivious to so much. Mm. Like there was so much that I didn't see, you know? And like in this, in this moment when I was, when I felt lost, there was so much I didn't see in this decision. When I felt like there was no right way to go, there's so much I didn't see. And I just find that so freeing for me. Cause I'm like, in this moment, what do I, what am I not seeing? Like, what kind of perspective am I not, am I not uh, seeing? What kind of tunnel vision have I put up to, which causes just so much anxiety in my life and how can engaging with the people around me and communicating with the people around me, how can that grant me new perspectives to get me kind of out of this tunnel vision, to get me kind of out of this like pit that I've kind of dug myself into? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I, when I heard him say that, I was like, man, that's just a good perspective to have on life of like, hey, remember that there's so much that you're not seeing in this. Hmm. Remember that there's more, you know, there's more to this than what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. There were, so Father Fred is going into retirement again. Yeah. And I'm trying to get another priest here. Yeah. Yep. And I'm all, and Colin's going back to seminary, and so I'm trying to get another seminarian here. Yep. And all of these things Man. are unknown at this point and right. not really sure what's going to happen. But right now, I ha- in order to get a seminarian, I have to give up my living room so <laughs> and turn that into a bedroom. This is the current situation that Sacrifice. I'm processing. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, sounds like a, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's a you know, full year, it's like, all right, well, you've kind of given up your space for another individual yeah. and I don't necessarily have to do it, et cetera. So for me, what I did, uh, I've been back and forth with this for the past perhaps week um, of saying like, no, like I'm okay. Uh, or no, like um, maybe this will be a good thing. There's only one dude who's doing uh, a year in the parish next year. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, all right, well, like, would this individual be good here? Would it work out? Would it be good in the house? Would it be, would it, you know? What is the situation? I don't know. I don't have any of that information. So it's kind of just unknown. So I'm talking about it to Father Fred. I'm like, hey, here's the situation. I'm talking about it. Father Radley was here this week. I'm talking about it with him, bouncing it off. Here are my concerns. Here are my fears. Here are my, like, here are the pros. Here are the cons. All of this stuff. And at the end of it, I'm going kind of go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I just sent it before I came here. Uh, I sent the bishop an email and said, hey, this is just a formal uh, request for a seminarian in the next academic year. And uh, I know that there's only one, but just wanted to express my openness and interest in that. Yeah. Which was in the quick send, sent it. Right? Nice. No idea if it's going to happen or not going to happen, but it was just kind of that openness. But that openness, here's the interesting thing, that yeah. openness was not... Uh, what I had a week ago. It was not what I had mm. 24 hours ago. Mm. But now I have this openness and I'm like, all right, well, that's nice. And let's run with it. And whatever happens, like kind of throw, I kind of had the um, freedom to be able to bounce the ball in their court and say, I'm willing to uh, kind of undergo any consequences or, um, or um, just kind of take whatever, whatever happens. 
and uh, and go with it. So it's cool. So talking about community is that community has the power or the potential of affecting things pretty profoundly. Right. Where now, okay, well, say a seminarian does come here next year. Well, he's a it's a full time gig. Uh, another minister in the community helps me out. Of course, uh, that individual gets to be shaped by the UGA community, mm-hmm. uh, and so you kind of here's what community has. Here's what my own community, my own support has uh, helped me with or impacted me by, uh, by discerning or processing this you know, potential opportunity. Yep. And now it affects history. Yep. Isn't yeah. that cool? Yeah. That is cool. That reminds me of, uh, that reminds me of, you were on retreat with us on the Tempest retreat. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, Father Tim Hepburn, who I know is a, Good friend of yours. Yeah, he's my men- one of my mentors. Yeah, yeah. He said something that kind of reminded me of that, um, of like, whenever we, maybe this didn't have anything to do with this, but in my mind it does. <laughs> maybe like, I think. I got a picture of Father Tim right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang Is that out. Russ and MK? Mm-hmm. Nice. Hang out. Yeah, yeah. He said, we just have to make actions. Like, we just have to move, you know? Like, because you were probably, you know, you had this need of like, well, my people are leaving. Father Fred's leaving. Colin's leaving. And I don't know what to do with that. Like, but this new perspective opened, kind of opened up your mind to see like, uh, oh, I can like make this move and, and just make room, like make room for something to happen. You know, whereas before it was just kind of like waiting for something to happen like I can take action and make something happen. Mm-hmm. And I can def I definitely see that a lot in my own life. Of like, there are so many things. There's so many steps I can take, and that's kind of where the unknown comes from. It's like, if I take this step, I, I, I if I go through this door, I have no idea what kind of other doors are going to open up. If I go through this door, I have no idea what kind of other doors this will open up. Like, how how do I know that when I email, you know? whoever you emailed about the seminarian, what else they would be able to offer me, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, exactly. You know, man, so that happened. Uh, that happened again. This was with the Bishop this past weekend. Uh, I wasn't planning on speaking to him in private. Father Fred said, just spoke to him in private, talked yeah. about you. You should probably go talk to him. Nice. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. He's like, no, like really, you should probably go talk to him. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, I've never actually done this, but what that did was it just opened up uh, a whole door of possibility and and a whole conversation that I haven't been in. Um, right. And uh, yeah, it it was so fruitful that I again it changed history. Right. Even if it's kind of micro whatever doesn't necessarily impact the world and how we would assume, but no, actually it is going to change history in terms of like the next few months, this may potentially happen in the way that it is. And this could be the fruit of that all because of that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Hey, check this out. So I'm going to, uh, open this Red Bull here. Okay. I was wondering why you had a Red Bull there. And I'm going to drink it in this, uh, beautiful China dish. It really is beautiful. This China teacup. Yeah. Have you ever done this before? No. Someone put this China teacup on my desk, and so 
and also this Red Bull, and so I'm going to just combine them. Just make it happen. Yeah. You want some of this? <laughs> sure. I'll take some Red Bull. You want to drink from the can? You can drink from the can. I'll drink from the teacup. Or actually, you're the guest. You're going to let me out. drink from the teacup? You, from you the sure? Teacup. Yep. All right. Yep. Has this been, I don't even know if this is clean. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Cheers. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We just uh, birthed some wings. Wow. That's good. Yeah, it's very good. That's got a kick to it. Yep. Just all sugary. Holy crap. That's nothing like Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so one thing, I'm just pulling it up here. One of the things that I've talked to you about mm-hmm. is um, the voice of the Lord. Yeah. So you spoke at Seeking Water, Swan. our Tuesday night uh, praise and worship evening, yep. and you spoke about the voice of the Lord. And I took notes on this, on what you said. I found it striking, nice. and then I lost the notes. <laughs> so. You sent that to me. I think... <laughs> Oh, here we go. I found it. Okay. Uh, Seeking water. Jesus puts hopes, dreams, desires. This is also in our our heart. Yeah. And the fruit of this is freedom. Freedom lived out is joy. I like that. Yep. That's not me, but. (laughs) It is Jesus you seek when you think of happiness. Yeah. Was a quote by John Paul II that you said. Yeah. It is Jesus that you seek when you think of happiness. So and, then, and then these are your words. When we truly encounter the heart of God, God's heart for man, God's love for man, we experience wonder. Mm. When we truly encounter the heart of God, we experience wonder. And then this was uh, what I really appreciated was the Lord's voice. You said the Lord's voice is not agitating, yeah. but steady. What does that mean? It is not agitating. When you... It's not annoying. You're yeah. Not, you're not turning down the volume. I don't know. What do you mean by agitating? Yeah. If you... I love that word. If you... When you hear... The, when you hear um, that inner dialogue that you have, when you hear something that's speaking to you and it makes you feel restless and it makes you feel... Anxious. Anxious, then it's probably not the Lord. Mm. You know, if it's, if it's, if it's like a, Hey, you need to go do this now. Hey, you need to like, you, you are not doing this and you need to be doing this or like, Hey, you messed up here. This is what you should have done. Or Hey, this is what you should be doing. That's probably not the Lord. What's the difference between that and like a prompting? Yeah. It's always, it's, it's an invitation. Hmm. Something that, uh, I think this is probably like a buzz phrase that people like to use, but I think it's really good is like. The Lord never imposes, he proposes. And so in all of his, in, in all of the ways that he prompts us, like it's always an invitation. It always feels invitational. It always feels like a great opportunity. Something that, because we have free will, you know? And so his, his desire for our life is great, but he's never gonna, he's never gonna force us into something. And so it's never gonna feel like he's forcing us. It's never gonna feel like, you know, it's never going to feel like he's like threatening us. Like, Hey, you better get your, you know, stuff together. It's always going to feel like an invitation. That doesn't mean it's not going to be uncomfortable. Like that doesn't mean that it's not going to be, uh, 
you know, outside of what we might have previously experienced. And that doesn't mean he's not going to speak to us in a way. Like, I'm sure when he appeared to Moses in the burning bush, <laughs> that was pretty uncomfortable to Moses. Mm. But he, it's always with, it's always paired with the reminder of, and I'll be with you when this happens. Mm. You know, like, I'm inviting you into the this. Promise. And I'm, yeah, the promise. Yeah. Mm. And I think when, our, when we, when we experience the, that agitating inner voice, it eliminates our ability to see the promise. Hmm. It blocks our ability to see, and I'm going to be with you with that. It's hmm. like, oh, I got to do this, and I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to walk out on, it was Peter walking out on the water. I got to walk on the water, and now I see the lightning around me. I see all this, and I'm scared, hmm. and so I fall. But when we, yeah, when we allow ourselves to... uh when it's the when it's the voice of the Lord, we know that there's always going to be that promise of, uh, and I'm going to be with you in this too. Mm. You said the voice of the Lord is not agitating but steady. Yeah. The voice of the Lord is not demanding but inviting. The Lord's voice is not frantic, but peaceful and calm. Yeah. And then I responded to you. What did I say? I said, the voice of the Lord is powerful. Yeah. I said, in Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord breaks down cedars. Yeah. (laughs) And that the voice of the Lord is hence a lumberjack. That's right. (laughs) The voice of the, that's only something you would hear from Father Brian. The voice (laughs) voice of the Lord Lord is a lumberjack. Yeah. So the voice of the Lord, the cedars is a big, uh, an image in the Old Testament and New Testament. And it's this, uh, it was the kind of tree that would be in the Mediterranean Israel area. And so this cedar is always used for like a strongness. Hmm. Uh, You will, we will build you a house of cedar. We will build you a strong, durable house. We will, uh, you will be, you will grow into a tree of cedar. You will grow into a person who is strong and durable and resilient. Gotcha. Uh, and then the Lord's voice breaks down cedars. Hmm. And so there's nothing in your own life that is so strong and durable and withstanding that the Lord can't lumberjack. Right. That the Lord can't, in a good way, and the Lord can't help you uh, break that down and sever it, even if it seems intimidating, uh, even if it seems like the, it's impossible or hopeless. Yeah, and so that's the uh, one of the true. I, I followed up with this. That's one of the true definitions of power is that God's power is actually uh, something that is so powerful that it can break down or chop any sort of cedar uh, of life, any sort of season that is a cedar, or any sort of like uh, situation or regret or trauma or whatever. Yeah, uh, that the Lord is capable of severing that or uh, breaking it down and perhaps building something new or growing something new. Um, God is a lumberjack. So, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So the, uh, but I, I also appreciate this invitation. So this is how I see all of Christianity is it's one big invitation. Absolutely. So God who became man walked on this earth and just invited people. And he called people, commissioned people, all this. But this invitation, he called Peter at the sea, he called James and John, he called Mary Magdalene, 
he called all of these people, Mary, uh, Martha, Lazarus, Lazarus, he called all of these people, invited them to follow, follow me. Right. And then he had all these crowds of people who were following him. And so they responded to this invitation. And so there's got to be something good about this person, Jesus, who's inviting everybody. Okay, well, what's he inviting us to? What's in it for me? Mm. Uh, what's he inviting all of us to? What's he doing? What's what's he proposing, like you're saying? Yeah. This proposal. Yeah. I think you can only read Christianity that way. Right. Uh, otherwise, it is um, kind of a distortion. It's all, all of a sudden, it becomes just a morality. Oh, well, I need to do these things. Yeah. Because I've been told to do them. Well, no, like, even in morality, there's an invitation. Right. Uh, oh, I need to go to church because that's what we do as Catholics. Well, no, like there's an invitation there. Yeah. Oh, I need to pray every week. And I feel bad for not praying. Well, it's like it has nothing to do with that. Uh, actually, it's just there's an invitation that is pending all the time that we're capable of entering into this relationship. Yeah. Uh, it's all an invitation or a prompting of Christ uh, to follow or to come near. Um, I always say when people come to me in confession that they've responded already to the invitation of God. Oh yeah. And it's like, what That's are you, good. they're like, yeah. And it's like, well, what are you talking about? Like I'm here, I'm trying to get right with God. It's like, yeah, but like you wouldn't have had that desire unless God put that on your heart and you responded to that invitation to follow that desire out of your own freedom, out of your own assessment that that was a good thing. Yeah. That was something that you needed. Yeah. And you responded to it uh, in freedom. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we love because he, he first loved us. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I love that. That that makes me uh, that makes me hopeful. Everything is in, in, in invitation. Any sort of reconciliation, any sort of uh, tension between people. I always see that of, uh, say, I get into an argument with somebody. It's like, all right, well, like, there's an invitation there to reconcile. Mm. Like, I can either do it or not. And I've, I guess I've come to learn that there's no point in not doing that reconciliation because uh, the invitation that is present or awaiting is much more beautiful, much more life-giving than just going about your days uh, with attention or with a severed relationship, in a sense. Yeah, and, and I love that you use the word life-giving because I think that is... I think that is the factor that sometimes we miss. I think when presenting Christianity, kind of going along with what we've been talking about, I think when we present Christianity sometimes and the way that Christianity has been presented to me sometimes kind of misses this crucial idea and this crucial uh, fact that that this invitation actually holds something that we really desire. You know, and that it's not just a set of rules and that it's not just these challenges to add on to your life, but actually behind these invitations are pockets of deep and true freedom that we actually desire. You know, and I think that that's where people can be so I think that's where I have been closed off to Jesus and where other people can be closed off to Jesus is that we don't trust that behind that behind these invitations that behind these you know things that the church tells us to do or that you know people of authority tell us to do actually like it's good for us like actually that's what we want like and it's not just 
It's not just because we, we're doing it just to do it or just because we think that's what we should be doing. There's something offered, right? You use the word proposal. Yeah. Is that there's a proposal. What's the proposal? Um, and that question is so important because without it, I think it's just a task. Yeah. Or it's just homework or it's just I need to do it and I feel guilty if I don't. But no, like there's got to be some sort of proposal. And if it's of Christ, if it's from Christ, then it's some sort of goodness. Yeah. That is proposed to us. Something good for us. Some life-giving. Mm-hmm. Anything. So any sort of morality. So... I would say morality is probably maybe one of the harder ones because we're kind of authoritarian in our own approach to morality where it's like, who decides what I hmm. should be able to do, right? Yeah. So we're like, we become the authority. But like, and it's hard to trust another person or another organization with, you know, kind of giving them a sense of like that um, and following their lead when it comes to the intricacies of morality. But... Um, but the morality of Christ is something that brings freedom mm. as opposed to a set of uh, doctrines to follow or simply a set of uh, checklists to, to do. It's like, well, there's, gotta, there's something within this calling or this invitation of Christ to be a moral people, virtuous people that is good for me or good for us, good for my family, good for my relationship. And I'm always super patient and non-judgmental when it comes to these things because it's like, yeah, that probably isn't known. Right. It's like we don't actually see what's the good thing that's going to come about from doing this virtue all the time. Right. Or living this moral life. Like we can't necessarily see it. There's got to be like this aspect of trust and even a belief in it. It's like, do we even believe that? Do we believe that being these moral people uh, who are seeking after virtue and trying to live a, a good life, a life of goodness and beauty and truth, it's like, do we even believe that that's worthwhile? <laughs> and then even so, it's like, do we trust that uh, God will actually help us with this and, and actually like flourish our life with it um, rather than rely on our own efforts? But uh, it's probably not even known. Yeah. Just in general. So just something we do. Yeah. The moral life is what Christians do, et cetera. It's like, sure, but like that's also not exciting. And uh, right. and what is exciting actually <laughs> is that there's a life that's offered to us and this life is uh, unknown. It's an unknown horizon yeah. for our lives. Yeah. So I kind of see it more so as a as an adventure or some sort of uh, I don't know. It, it's it's. I'm always very patient and very non-judgmental when you have a couple or a relationship or a person who's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's hard in general to be virtuous and moral and all this stuff, um, but there's also something good available, mm-hmm. and that is in a sense promised. We don't have to do it our own selves, but like with our own strength. Yeah. But I don't know if it's necessarily known that. Hey, actually, this is uh, what is available. This is what right. is proposed. Right. This is the invitation there, and to follow that um, in a way that you're constantly like approaching mercy and forgiveness along the way. It's very humbling. Yeah. And I and part of me is frustrated sometimes because I'm like, sure. God, why can't you just make me know it? <laughs> like, why can't you just? 
why, why can't I just be born knowing what's good for me? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't I just always know? Cause I mean, essentially that's like sin is like, we choose sin because we don't know what's actually good for us. Yeah. We, and because it looks good because sin yeah. at face value just looks so much better. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's like, Oh, like, yeah. If you place at face value, if you put sin in front of me and virtue in front of me, I'm going to choose sin every time. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, that looks to be the most freeing thing. But it's like virtue requires an act, like, like you're saying an act of trust of like behind this virtue. Sin doesn't really require much trust and sin because it's like, Oh, I can see it. I get, you know, take it at face value. It's right there. I know exactly what's, you know, I know, I, I see what I'm, I know what I'm getting at. I know what I'm getting here. You know, what you see is what you get. But with virtue, it's like, no, I actually have to trust that this daily pursuit of virtue is, is going to, is good for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, man, like obviously the Lord knew what he was doing, mm. you know, in making us people who are making us, making a life of virtue, the most freeing life like he knew he you know obviously he didn't he didn't yeah i don't know what i'm trying to say here but you didn't know something crazy what so i had to talk about morality last semester to a group of people and so i'm researching and what i stumbled upon was something that i i didn't know this in the way that they talked about it but the moral life being near to God, being near Christ, receiving this life, uh, virtuous life, and incorporating into your own life, trying to be moral, actually has us be vessels of the Spirit in the world. Hmm. So, like, we. What does that mean? So, like, we we are often we often use the words like, "Oh, we're the hands and feet of Christ in the world." Yeah, it's like, but like. Actually, be, uh, by becoming Christ-like ourselves, incorporating these virtues, doing the virtuous thing, all this stuff, uh, it actually allows the Spirit to work through us in the world. So it allows us to become, in a sense, Christ to other people, to communities, to our workplace, to our classrooms, uh, to our social groups. So like we become the humanity of Christ in the world. We become the... Uh, the uh, vessels of the spirit, we become the vessels of God in the world, and so. But I really, what I really appreciated that was the this notion of like it is kind of a glimpse into the invitation. It's like, hey, you aren't just doing this for your own sake. You're actually allowing yourself to be used for the mission of God, which is mm. much bigger than us. Yeah. Hey, you're not actually just uh, withholding from drinking alcohol excessively. Uh, for your own sake, now, obviously that's a good thing, right? Um, but also, there's a mission that is bigger than all of us that God's able to have us participate in, right? Uh, that we can't even understand yeah, or in comprehend. ways that we don't see. Yeah, yeah. but it's because the, so the moral life, in a sense, allows us to participate in it. It allows the Spirit to work through us in the Spirit's mission in the world, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. It's a glimpse into the proposal uh, that's not just personal, but also communal, and then also global mm-hmm. and historical. Yeah. How about that? How about it? Yeah. Fun. Yeah, it all just speaks of trust. It all just speaks of like, am I going to trust that this is actually happening? Because <laughs> this is all stuff that we, we don't see right in front of us all the time. Yeah. Have you ever prayed the litany of trust? Yeah, I have. 
how does it, I definitely have. Is that the one that's like, uh, do you want to do the English, Spanish, simplified Chinese, Polsky? Definitely simplified Chinese. I think, I think we'll get the most out of that for sure. <laughs> so, uh, I can, how about I read, how about we close with this? How okay. about I read uh, one section and then you read the next section? Okay. Or actually, what would work is you do a, if you want to read it, I'll do the response. Okay. So this is the litany of trust. Right. I often give, the, I often encourage folks uh, to pray this because it is something that is, uh, gets right to it. Yeah. It articulates it. It puts the words in uh, the situations where we need trust. But we'll begin in the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Father, Spirit. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. From the belief that I have to earn your love. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I'm unlovable. Deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute. Deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises. Deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you. Deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctancies in accepting your will. Deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future. Deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past. Deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment. Deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have. Deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands. Deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement. Deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually lo- holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks. Thank you.
Worship Center is located at 1344 South Lumpkin Street. For more info on how you can get involved, check out our Instagram at Catholic Dogs. See you at Mass.